0: Hello and welcome to the Bad Dice Podcast. On today's episode we're going to be doing the initial review of the um, Luminef Realm Lords from the playtester's point of view. So I'm joined with some of the guys from the playtesting team who have played games with the book already and have been planning lists for a while and hopefully should have hands-on experience of how these guys look on a table. We've seen all the information from the community team over the last few weeks um, showing teasers and spoilers and um, there's not many people out there who have actually got lists on the table, experience under the belt with games with the new Realm Lords. So I'm hoping for an interesting show, some really good ideas and some good insights into how these things actually play out. So welcome to the show guys. Um, We have Brian Carmichael, Chippy Rick, Paul Buckler and James Tinsdale and we might be joined by Jack Armstrong if he can be available tonight as well. So how are you all? How's lockdown treating everyone? And hopefully you're all doing well. Yeah, all good. Everyone's all good. waiting for everyone to speak. This is where the yeah. host should direct the questions. So I've already been pre, like, pre-show like pre chat with Brian and Paul. So let's start with Brian. How are you getting on, mate? Yeah, good. Good. Excited uh, for these guys? You are most yeah. recently on Slash, weren't you? Are these going to see you switching over?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, really, really uh, excited for them just think they kind of go back to kind of almost fifth, sixth edition Warhammer way of playing. So, so they bring something really different to the table.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree. And Jim, so you didn't, you never played a um, fancy battle, did you? So you've not got that no. high elf nostalgia that these guys are feeling, but you're still excited for the list. You like Techalist.
2: Yeah, well, I'm interested interesting perspective because I, I love the army being new to it, but there's so many throwbacks like Alfarian for instance, um, that previous fans of fantasy know so it's really cool to see both fan bases come together for the same army but I'm super excited for the army and as a deepkin player I've always been intrigued to finally see a techless model
0: yeah definitely definitely so um, Rick you're uh, I don't know you, you can play a bit of everything over the years so how, how are you finding these guys are you excited
3: yeah definitely um, similar to Jim actually I've had a fair bit with the deepkin especially more at club rather than events um, so, playing some of the elves in Age of Sigmar has been good already. Um, I, I like where they're very different for me, especially the aspects that we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, it's completely different to what i played with the, the Deepkin so far.
0: Mm, yeah, magic for a start. There's not much of that with Deepkin, is there? There's a little bit, I suppose. And so, Paul, you were on the last show with the Seraphon, and as we covered there, you've got all the armies, so you'll definitely be having these. Uh, what is there anything that particularly takes your fancy? Uh,
4: uh, I I think the cavalry for me, just looking at the models, they just really sort of bring me back to like the old High Elf cavalry of old. They really sort of show that classic elegance maybe of, of High elves. So moving forwards, they bring that sort of into the, the realm of Age of Sigmar and, and forward with a Realm Lord version.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think they've, they've done a real good job of... Um... Just you know keeping all the classic cool um and still adding enough Age of Sigma into it. Okay, so let's talk then. Let's let's start with the initial reaction. So you guys all the PDF landed all in your inboxes and you, you dived in and started looking at, at the army. Obviously Teclus is the big the big poster child of this book, um and it's really magic heavy faction. So what were the first reactions from diving into reading the PDF um Brian what did you think from first off what what was immediately jumped out at you as
1: being cool So I didn't like them when I first got the book <laughs> um, I but uh so when we were playtesting it I played against them a lot so Jack initially when we started playing Jack played with them and I played against them but I kind of fell in love with them playing against them which is quite an unusual thing I think um, yeah but yeah that they've just i think they're a real players army because they've got lots of tr- they're super fragile but they've got lots of tricks and that really appealed to me um and lots and lots of kind of synergies between things so you know that that's where my deep love for them came from from an initial kind of don't really get it some books you get and you're like wow that's cool i can see that's cool and that's cool and that's where cool. they jump out i think you have to see these on the table Um, Yeah, sure. To to kind of really feel the love for them.
0: Yeah, I get that. I get that. So, I mean, it's a a tricky one when you think it's just like a bunch of elves with spears, bows and things like that, and a bit of magic. And it's hard to see where the power in the list comes from. And we'll talk a bit later on our thoughts on the meta, but... What about getting like your first list together? What about you, Jim? You've obviously been writing some lists and digging into the book. How, where did you start? Did you just go straight in for Techless or did you try and write lists without him as well?
2: Well, I mean, Les, who's not here tonight, we were considering taking them at the time for ETC. So me and Les did a lot of lists with Tom as well. Um, and yeah, Techless is always the starting point because he embodies the strengths of the army with the, with the casting and also the buff protection he can give out. Um, so we start with him and it's really how do you do you do it do you go for lots of bodies objective style army do you go for an elite more harder hitting style unit army because i think in this book you can actually there's a lot of different variation with the tech you put around techless so it's really what you want the army and how you want it to function
0: so he's i don't know we've said this tonight already i was like techless is so cheap and then paul was like yeah, but he's, he's so expensive. So I don't know. It's a different, a weird points, isn't he? <laughs> he is, but I think when you
2: you look at contrasting models in the range, something like Alarion, for instance, is quite close to him, another Elven God, um, probably more more squishy than Teclis. But it's hard how much do you value magic because the, you lose the, the more his points go up, the more bodies you lose off the table. So it's a really fine line, I think. And we'll see how it goes. You know, it's yeah, interesting sure. to see how he gets on it at his current point total. I think he's a great model with a really fair rule set. Um, I think the, the, the Wolves team are doing a great job with him, you know, bringing something unique to the game with him.
0: Uh, he feels a lot like Marathi. So when Marathi came in, it was like, what do you mean she can't die? And But then now, you know, everyone knows how to deal with most people. Maybe maybe you don't. Too, too soon. Most people too soon. know how to deal with Marathi. <laughs> I think he's going to be kind of the same thing. It's like, what do you mean you can cast all the spells you want and... Eventually it'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, we're playing Techless. This is what we need to do. Um, Okay, so, right, what about you then, Paul? You, um, we've spoke off air about some different builds already. Now, have you gone straight in with the, you know, into the big boy, get Techless on the table, or you've been looking at the mountains and things?
4: No, Techless is for me. As soon as I, I I read it, I was like, I just want to use him. I don't think I've ever played a really magic heavy army before, so. I've never played Nagash, not really used a L'Ariel, never played Zinch. So for me, it was like, this is my chance to play an army that has magic at its heart, if you know what I mean. It's, It's its core mechanic. And I also like armies that are kind of jack of all trades. They have units that can deal with any situation. And I think Realm Lords do that quite well. All of their units kind of spread out and have a set role and a set task they do. And you can use them for that role.
0: Mm, yeah, I can see that, I can see that. They are very sort of like classic in the fact that like you've got your bowmen, you've got your spearmen, you know, you've got your horsemen. It's like there's not many of the, like I don't know, the hunter, Stormcast hunters or some you know, trying to do a bit of everything. You're yeah. very down the line. Um, so, Rick, we we've already spoke to you again about what you've been building, but you're the one who's the fan of the mountains, aren't you?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, as much as when the book came to us, it, it definitely echoes of High Elves of Old. Um, there's certain elements of this book that really hit me as, wow, that's like next steps on the story in Age of Sigma. I think when like the KO came out, for me, that was one of the first times I really saw what Age of Sigma was. And I certainly feel like some of the mountains and the elite units in this had such a different aesthetic and different feel even in, into the rules themselves. It was like there's mountains in elves and armies. That to me, that was just cool. A new, a very new, big approach.
0: No, I get that. I get that. Okay, so let's um, let's move on a bit and let's dig into some of the the rules and how they fit in with the list. So, I've made a bit of a like a cheat sheet of some of the things that the Luminef bring to the table that we've. When I find it, it they bring some real new stuff to the game that we've not seen before. So. The first big one's obviously Techless. He's got his spell mechanic where he can he can choose one spell that can't be unbound, or he can choose two spells to cast on 12 automatically, or four spells to cast on 10s. Um, but that's not the only unique mechanic that the, the Realm Lords are bringing. They've got the lightning reflexes, where if you fight, um, you can pick another unit to fight again. Um, they've also got some lesser, kind of more subtle new things, which is... They've got a spell that gives you makes your opponent spend two command points to use one, which I think is just a really interesting new rule on a, an existing mechanic. It's just a new way of tweaking it. I like the look of that. Um, and then you've got the... There's a, an ability to bounce back Battleshock tests. So these are I've picked these out as being the four major new mechanics in the book. Are you guys all trying to squeeze these into lists? Can you get all of these new mechanics into one list? Or is it kind of picking some of them to use and not others obviously the the lightning reflex is army wide but the others are you can work around them. how are you are the lists that you guys have played so far reliant on these new mechanics or are these new mechanics just kind of a bonus which
1: thing um who wants to go first with this one i can if you want sure um so i think you can fit them all in um I te- the list I'm favouring at the moment hasn't got the Caliphar to do the battle shock bouncing, um, simply because I need some mobility. So I've got the points for her, but I use a unit of Dawn Riders instead um, to to give me mobility. But there, that's the the cool thing about the book. I mean, you you picked out four of the big ones. There's obviously um, Ether Quartz as well, which is a, is a cool mechanic, um, but You you can cram them all in, but then you kind of run out of bodies. So it's that kind of which of the tools do you think are most appropriate for your style of play? And then you build a list around
0: that. You guys all agree with that sort of thing, or is this something else?
4: I I think techless is pretty key for several of those mechanics. If you put him in your list, you get a couple of those just by putting him in there. If you leave him out, you probably struggle to get them in there reliably okay. things like things like the the two command points if tech list isn't casting that it's not guaranteed you're going to get it off
0: yeah sure thing
4: um so i think he, he's if, if you want to utilize all of them i think you probably have to run a tech list list
3: yeah get yeah that. For, for me when um the, the first sort of round of testing i played a fair bit against paul and Similar as mentioned already, I was actually not using the army like Brian, um, and playing against that where you're, it, it, it was it was it was a nice it was a nice problem to have as an opponent because rather than just having rules taken away from you or so we we do hear a lot about the, the negative impact of certain debuffs and things. I wouldn't call it so much that it's something that you are aware that could happen, and you've got to manage your command points. To make sure you can still do what you do without them just being taken away, so it doesn't have that such a bad feel either. And I found that
0: can't use it's a you can use, but you've got to try a little harder.
3: (laughs) Yes, yeah, it it definitely didn't have that negative feel, which I know is something that, as playtesters, we're very conscious of looking at that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. I like that. There's a the whole the whole Absorbs the negative energy as well. Maybe the catalogue <laughs> can absorb some of that from Twitter. You know. Um,
2: <laughs> Good luck. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Okay. So um, obviously, all the books nowadays have, um, you yeah, know, What did we call them last time? Skyports, or you know, these yeah. these are called the the great cities, um, great nations, the great nations. Sorry. Are you guys picking these out first and building your list down the line, or are you kind of? playing your lists and then swapping the same list between the nations. How much of an impact are the nations having on, on what you're seeing on the tabletop? Sorry, I did say right at the start, I said, I'll direct questions at one of you guys to answer, and then I've not been doing it as we're going down. So, Jim, what about you?
2: Um, For me... I've been looking at the battalions and trying to fit them into cities with great nations. Okay. Um, and starting there. Uh, so, the, so, the one I really like, obviously, with Alarith is uh, the Alarith Temple formation. Um, and that obviously fits, I'm sure I'm saying this wrong, but Eumetrica. Is that yeah. how we all say it?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Eumetrica.
2: Uh, for me, that's where, yeah, that's where you start. It's where you find a battalion you like, presumably with the units that you like, the rules. Um, and then you find its best home, if you will, in the Great Nations. And usually there's a couple of variants they can go in. Um, for me, obviously, I like to double down on the ignoring minus two rent um, and re-rollable saves. So that's where I've started. But that's usually where I start battalions into the cities or skyports or whichever formation to the tome. And then go from there, really, and flesh out your force that way. Because it gives it kind of a, a visual identity as well, I think. Are you? Doing, all the battalions are based
0: on law. Are you doing that because you think the battalions are strong or because you like to play with battalions?
2: Because or... uh, I'm coming from a match play perspective. So I'm looking for lower drops, more artifacts, more command points. Um, so I think battalions really serve a real purpose in that. Sometimes you don't always get one that match, uh, aligns with the units that you want. Um, so it depends. But there are others. There's other formations that I like as well, like the Oralian Legion I like um but that, i don't think that's a better city than your metric it can be home in but that's I think, a good starting point i think when you get so many options of great nations and battalions it's a great way to marry two of them together and see where you land
0: yeah i like that it's um it gives you a lot of flexibility we talked about this a fair bit during the last re- review show the seraphon with not only do you get the battalions that do different things in different sky hosts and um, star hosts and whatnot they've got the coalesce versus the uh, starborn so there's a lot of interaction there but yeah you can see see how this would work here too um okay so let's talk a bit about um so we've covered like the first thoughts on you know putting lists together and things like that let's dig a bit more into the details of like highlights of rules and how units work and um, anything that's really exciting in the book that you you know you you think that's a really good mechanic, I want to play around that. I want to um, see that used more in the game and um, take it from there. So the one that jumped out for me with the sentinels, um, you know, I, <laughs> I've just said, well, we'll have ten units of them, and then Brian and Paul have told me why that's a terrible idea because they'll just get run over. But I still like the idea of ten units, but I, I think that's a cool way of you know it goes to show there's different ways of looking at everything, but, um, so we'll talk about the Sentinels first, Brian, do you just want to cover what these guys do?
1: Yeah. So they're the archers, um, of the Venari. So the Venari are basically the martial um, kind of foot troops of the, um, Lumineth. So you have the wardens with the spears, the Sentinels with the bows and the Dawn riders, the cavalry, um, so their coming units are 10. They're 140 points. They have a, war, a champion who um, doesn't have a bow. He has a sword and a little lantern. That's a fairly, um, you, I think you see that in the wardens as well. He hasn't got a pike. He's got a sword. So the champions are different. Also, the champion is a mage, as long as there's five models in the unit. So, and that's, again, broadly true overall. And he's not limited like certain mage units are. The unit's got a spell. He can take spells from the law. He can cast endless spells. And in certain great nations, he can even have a second spell. So they're quite powerful in that respect. So um, I think they're probably um, almost entirely unique in the the way that they work. So they basically can shoot their bow in one of two ways. So... Um, they have a shorter range, so an 18-inch range shot. It's three spores, rend one, damage one, so nine shots. Um, or they can do a 30-inch uh, shot, which is four spores, no rend. So if you're closer, it's going to hurt, um, but they can do it. But then they've got some tricks that they can tier on top of that. So the champion can shine his light, and that allows you to shoot at a unit you can't see. So you you can't hide from them, so... If they can see you, he doesn't use his lantern. And if he can't see you, he does use his lantern. And um, you have to do lofted. So you can't have... So if, if you're close but can't be seen, you don't get the, the um, additional rend. Then they have some metal weapons. And that's kind of, again, a theme that goes through um, the Venari units. So this is, for missile units, their bows. And for combat units, they're spears or lances. If you roll a unmodified six to hit it's a mortal wound um so you've got nine shots 30 inches on a on a character you're doing one mortal wound but then to, to make it a little bit better um there's a spell called the power of heish that they have and the wardens have and the dawn riders have you can do it multiple times it's cast on a five and it takes that from a six plus to a five plus so on average Nine shots from a standard unit is three mortal wounds, and then probably one or two more wounds against uh, another unit. So, um, I always take two units of these in a list because you can reliably kill a support character with them. You know, between them, they're doing six mortal wounds and a couple of other wounds, um, and and you don't need line of sight. And that's, you know, hideous for things like. skaven for um gits which yeah yeah (laughs) all those sorts of things it's really good or even shooting i mean not a morathi um but shooting at you know a big monster you could be putting seven eight wounds on any model in the game and they've got a movement to six so you've got a 36 don't care whether you're hiding or not i'm just gonna plop death on your head um they are quite squishy. Um, so Lumineth don't generally have high bravery. So they're bravery six. Um, once they use their um, Ether Quartz crystal, their bravery goes down by one. So they go to bravery five. So mm. I mean, we can talk about that a bit later on. But I think the other one of the other things I like about the army is all the, is all the different resources you have to manage. So you can only use one Ether Quartz per turn. You have to manage your Ether Quartz. Okay. You have to manage... With tech lists, which spells you're casting when you have to manage your lightning reflexes, so which units are you going to use together? And the other one is you never get a lot of bodies, so you're managing a limited pool of bodies. So that's, I think, why I really like the army because you have to think about lots and lots of different dimensions to be successful with it.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So we've just talked about the sentinels and how good they are. We all kind of, I can see Jim nodding on the video while you're talking and <laughs> um, I think it's they're, they're a really great unit. And then you've got the Wardens, who essentially have all the same rules, but they've got spears instead of bows. So from a playtesting point of view, you've got these two very similar units um, pointed very closely. How how easy or difficult was it to balance this to make them both viable and you want to take them both in the games? Um, was this a struggle or was it, was it fairly easy because there's a lot of precedent in other armies already? um paul do you want
4: to take this one yeah so it's pretty tricky to be honest with you um the 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 survivability of the units is like a big thing if they've got really cool abilities and they survive a long time obviously these units are going to be quite expensive because they stick around but in terms of the archers they just don't survive whereas there's a rule that we haven't mentioned yet which all the venari units get called the shining company yep um so this basically means that what your coherency normally is everything has to be within an inch well for the shining company to work each model has to be in base contact with two other models which means you have to really clump up your units you can't spread them out and create Um, lines to shield your ranks etc if you want to use this bonus and the bonus is minus one to hit so minus one to hit is really quite good along with other ways to get minus one to hit in the army this could be really really strong but it's it also prevents you from running and charging so it really slows down your army so not only are you balancing survivability and damage but you're also balancing the movement and the getting around the board as well so it's very very tricky to take all three things into account at the same time and honestly it's just playing games with them trying stuff out seeing how they work is the best way to see where they sit
3: against other armies you can start from i think it's one of the things that makes them so makes all the units so viable and so appealing
0: Right, they can squeeze out different play, play styles with the different units using all those, you know, the, the bonuses they get.
3: Yeah, well, each unit offers you something different, and it, it means you've got no one direct powerhouse. You, depending on how you want to do it or what you are missing, you take the units that you need. And as, as Paul mentioned, that the the spears don't necessarily offer you the speed, but they offer you that ground, that position, and then you look at whether you're having it with shooting support. If you want that, you go to the archers. But if you want the speed to get about the board, you look at the cavalry instead.
0: Sure. Okay. So back to the spears. There's some combos with these, isn't there, to make them absolute bricks and, you know, they're just not going to yeah. go anywhere. So um, who, who's who been building lists around those combos? Does anyone want to take that?
1: I can because I, I run 220s two, two, two of these. Um, it's really important. I think just to kind of pick up on the point Ricky was saying, I think. The strength of the book is the way the units all support each other if you go all in on one thing in this book i think you lose out on a lot um if you have a bit of each i think it really it was designed to be played that way um so yeah i mean they've obviously got a three inch range i don't think we've seen any other troop in the game with a three inch range um obviously you can't have more than three inch because you can then be outside combat and still fight which would be an interesting uh, (laughs) interesting rules uh, issue um so again they've got the sum metal rules um but you can start to tear some things on them so obviously um you can use your uh, ether quartz to have to give them a rerollable armor save so now we've got a four up re-rolling armor save tech one of tech own spells is a five plus after save within a bubble so now they've got a four up rerollable save and a five up after save um you can then make them ethereal with another spell from the deck so now you've got ethereal for up rerolling what rerolling armor saves um with a five up ward then with this in the shining company they're minus one to be hit when they're charged and they get uh rend on their weapons um when you charge them and then with uh the mountains you can get an additional minus one so potentially they can be minus two to hit four (laughs) up ethereal re-rolling armor saves five up armor save mortal wounds to you on a five or a six um a load of attacks in a small block so yeah they they want you to charge them um, and if you charge them, you're in a world of pain, because obviously when they activate another unit of, of their, f- or another friendly unit activates as well, so you get clobbered twice. But you think, oh, my God, they're amazing. But they have to stay pretty much in a two, you need to be two ranks deep to get the benefit of the Shining Company. They can't move that quickly. Um, they, they don't cover that much space, a unit. And you need points elsewhere. So it's all achievable. Um, and you obviously you could use the caliphal to bounce battleshock as well if you wanted to, but probably by that point you don't need to. But it's you know, you've you run out of points really quickly in the list because you really do need tech list tech to start pulling that off. Um, I think the other thing is I find personally the army has more command points generally than it knows what to do with, because you don't really use them a lot. I only ever tend to use them for immunity to battle shock.
0: Okay. What? What? Uh, is there any interesting command abilities
1: or no? Not really. Um, there's there's some generic ones. Altharians got one which makes you immune to battle shock in a bubble. Teclis hasn't got one. Um, it's, the,
4: it's the mountain king's got one that's might be yeah. usable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. where all mine go He just eats them. Yeah, I I think that's if you play more of a um, an Alice field theme, yeah. you use it there. But in a, I find in more a kind of a Nari themed list, command points uh, are the one resource you're not really managing that much.
2: Yeah, the small heroes don't tend to have um, command abilities, do they? So you're probably using them for like real ones to say when you're out of eighth courts. Yeah, real uh, ones to hit on your on your spears. You know, wherever you need them for. But battle shock immunity if you need yeah. it. Or
0: yeah, you know, um, that's probably where they're going, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, let's talk about the the combat units then. So we've, we've spoke about the shooting, the magic. Um, a lot of Age Sigma is is just dealt with with a giant melee unit coming over the board and smashing you. Do do these guys have this? Is is it something you can bring? You've talked about the spear units being really defensive, someone charges. You've got all your defensive buffs up. You can probably grind a combat win out. Um, But what about really taking the game um, over the table to someone? Is this possible in this army? Um, Jim, do you want to take that one?
2: Um, They don't have, I suppose, the trade-off for the speed and all the intricacy rules they have is they don't have, you know, for instance, the deep can heal damage unit. They don't have the elite, super-fast, super self-reliant unit that can go off and delete a unit in one charge. They have to they basically like kill you by a thousand cuts, you know, magic, they stand their ground. And up to Brian's point earlier, it is a player's army, and everyone uses that phrase, but in a sense where if you position your army correctly, um, you can do a whole lot of different things in one turn that you probably perhaps can't control or react to quick enough for it to be a detriment. So I really do they don't have high damage. The the king is probably the highest damage model, singular model, I think. Because um, Teclis yeah, doesn't I'm really want to be in a fight. If Abelor if gets into combat with you, you're going to get hammered into the ground, like literally. Because um, his hammers are amazing. <laughs> but Beyond that, like, I really like the Stone Guard, and they probably are the elite unit, right? They're the 2 wound four-up save guys. They're on big bases. They've got re-rollable saves, they ignore end. But there's still only one damage. There's no spells to increase their damage. And I think there's a trade-off there, because as much durability is built into the book, it comes at the price of, you know, where well, you, you would traditionally increase someone's damage in, say, like a Deacon army, but they're, like, really a lot less durable than, say, like a Realm Lord's army, which is durable. But at a trade-off, you lose the... The damage, so they are they are good. They obviously kill things, obviously, um, but not they're not going to wipe you out in one turn. As I've seen some panic reacting <laughs> to some of the scrolls leaking early. Um, because remember, when your opponents have played this army once, they'll go, "Oh, okay, Tetris is really important," and they might not realize just how important he is. And then the second time they play it, they'll come for him a lot sooner in a more controlled way. You know, they'll try and remove him as early as possible, and it's something you have to manage as a Realm Lords player as well, is how do I protect Heklos enough to get three or four turns out them that allows the rest of my army to then go off and win the game?
3: You know, and
2: there's a lot of pieces that you have to manage. So, it's, yeah, they don't really have it, but together they do. It's a combined effort.
0: Yeah, I get that, I get that. It's, um, it's going to be good to see how it pans out because a lot of Age of Sigmar now is just like lining up that giant combo for that one unit to come blazing through and taking the game. Especially if you can clear yeah. an objective with a massive charge. And then um you know you've you've not you've not got an answer to that. Like how how you, how does this army shift um like a big unit of Hearthguard off an objective or how does it go and kill, you know, a
4: Hagnar castle? Is it have they got answers to those sort of lists? They've got some tricks. I think, and that's how... They, I mean, things like the, the Stone Guard in Eumetrica can push units back, so you can push people off objectives, potentially.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. Which cool. is a,
4: a, a different me- mechanic than I think we've seen anywhere else. Can anything else push things around? Not I don't think so. I think
1: so. No. old
4: Warhammer where you had to push back. Push yeah, third edition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's but, the yeah, so I think- on that? How does that work? So that's that's like like the Shining Company rule for the Venari, which is like your your archers and your your spearmen. This is for the, the stone guard, the guys with the big hammers and the hats. Yep. Uh, and the mountains as well. Um, so basically, it's at the end of the combat phase, um, you get to push the unit back two inches, and then you get to pile in an inch. So you get to gradually sort of ease them back off the objective.
0: Ah, um, okay.
4: So, so for that, instance... Yeah if you've got a hero that's on the edge of three to paul's point
2: in say two um, places of power or whichever ones the heroes can control if if you say my hero's on the edge of three as goes in he hits them and says okay now you've got to move back 2 you You're no longer controlling that objective you know (laughs) so it can matter in some very fringe cases um you know if you're struggling to deal with marathi like i often do um you can push push her off it you know (laughs) because you might not be able to kill her um but you can push her back so they do have some tricks like paul says but well, it's also like they have different ways. Like to Brian's point earlier, the Sentinels, people underestimate how good he is just to bracket a monster. Take something like a Rogue Idol. If Brian does six mortal wins turn one, the Rogue Idol doesn't heal without magic support, which obviously Teclis can deny. And then all of a sudden, the damage is massively reduced. So now that's another part of the durability as well, is they have different ways to slow you down. And I think something like a Hagnar castle will probably be debuffed, tagged, and knocked back to the point where they might not kill it, but they can contain it, which not a lot of armies can.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. There's some good stuff coming here because like when you see the headlines it is it's frightening isn't it you know shock and awe techless is going (laughs) to blow you off the table um and all that sort of shooting attack is really good yeah (laughs) so it's just i I don't know so let's talk about techless and we've already touched on him a bit he does some really cool stuff and he's going to be a massive key to the list now how many lists do you think you'll see out there without Teclis? It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of uh, Marathi. It was like just the cornerstone to most of the good daughters list. You still see good lists without her, but do you think Teclis is going to be the same? Do you think he'll get used a bit and then go away? And also, let's cover a bit while we're on the Teclis subject of how do you win with Teclis? And more importantly, how do you stop a Luminaf player winning with Teclis as well? So let's start with will he be in the lists, Rick? Do you want to take that one?
3: Yeah, can do. I think, I think, yes. I think for the for for the most part, you will see him. Um, I think he, he's he's what the books about. So initially, you, 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 I don't know. You'd be crazy not to. I don't think it's crazy because he's powerful. I think a lot of the way the books built, which we've already discussed. He is able to support it. Um, A lot of those tricks, a lot of the things you want to include that support the units and make the army work as a cohesive force can be done using him. Um, The reliability that you get from, the, the, as you mentioned at the beginning, how how his casting works. So whether you want that really big, important one when you're probably slightly later game and there's less models on the table, but one very specific task you need to achieve, you can do that earlier in the game depending on whether you're playing a a more magic heavy opponent or not you can go with your two casts um when we play tested we didn't quite a bit with the combat heavy armies like fire slayers and stuff like that that don't really have the magic defense so you could go with four um it's just having someone that is that toolbox in all those elements makes such a big key to writing these lists and we we keep saying on here already it's about having different bits of the toolbox. He is the box. He's the, he's the one that's holding it all together, I think. So there are lists. Um, I've certainly discussed one that I've sort of talked about quite early on with the the mountains and the elite unit. Um, but I think the, the main play style, the focus of it is definitely there. Um, I certainly I know Paul could probably add a bit more on this because he spent a, a big time focusing on it and I played against it more than I did with...
0: So what do you think, Paul? Lists without Teklis? Is there a few in there?
4: Um, I think that you will see that over time, Teklis will probably drop out of a few people's lists because everybody will be wanting to use him to start with. Of course. But he's such a big point sink in, in your list that maybe when you get used to how the units work and how they synergise together, you can almost do it with the smaller casting heroes do the same job but for less points and give you more bodies. But for me, he's just so iconic, I don't think I'd run an army without him.
0: <laughs> just because of the, the cool factor.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, wh- one of the big things I found with him is you get spell blindness because he can cast so many spells. When you first play with him, you've got so much choice of what you're going to cast, you just almost get confused and you just sit there looking at the, the, the list of spells going, what am I going to do now? So early doors I think that's a a bit of an issue for people that have to push past and once they've worked out what spells work in what situation it's much easier to use him
3: yeah I think that it touches on a little bit like when we've already said I think Jim said it earlier it's it's a player's army as we keep saying um he once you've got you to grips with this army you've played a good amount of games against a varied opponent and list you'll start to learn there is that toolbox of spells and which ones are needed, depending on your scenario or your opponent. And Yeah, the the, the build-up to that and the, the learning of it will be difficult because there's so much there for him to do.
0: You talked about this earlier, didn't you, Brian? So you've got your, your four spells and you know your combo. That yeah. Year. So do you want to cover that now?
1: Yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, and first of all, I'll cover the question you asked about how do you deal with him. So if you can go before him and you can hit him at range, he hasn't got an after save. Um, The best he can do is spend ether courts to give himself a re-rollable save. If he can go before you, it's a completely different matter. So um, generally my first turn is, and again, this comes to kind of his four spells are a different resource you're managing. So your opponent can, might have one or two unbinds. So you have to think, well, which spells am I going to throw at you and try and draw those unbinds out? Because most of the time you do four spells on a 10+. plus. Um, you you might, if you need to, do two on 12. I've never done one on 14. I've never found the need. But as Ricky said, if you've got to get a spell off, you do one spell on 14 and you just can't be stopped. It's just happening. That's a glimpse
0: um, behind the curtain there, I think, because it's yeah. automatic. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just happening. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you give up trying to do anything against it. Um but yeah, if you aim with four spells, it's usually double command points. So your every command point you want to, your opponent wants to use, and they have to spend two. That's massive. Um, you know that means immunity. to uh, Inspiring presence is two command points. People really think hard about doing that. So you get that one off. The other big one you're almost always going to get off. So, is, just back,
0: back to that one before you move yeah. on from that. So, this is table wide as well. So, there's a casting yeah. value of eight. And until yeah. your next hero phase, your opponent must spend two command points to use a command point instead of yeah. one. So, yeah, yeah. that is, is quite huge. So, Techless gets game, that. Right, and yeah. all of a sudden, some armies just can't use a command point to them one because yeah. they only have one. No.
4: Yep armies that use a lot of command points things like Flesh Eaters um, who else soaks up a lot of command points I'm trying to think off the top of my head I, uh, I, I don't know I do yeah so all those yeah. armies you, you're really hitting them hard yeah. Nagash every turn as well
2: wants to be using his Lord of the Undead yeah. that's
4: two yeah. it's cost yeah. you two CP a time now yeah and bringing things back from the grave sites two CP yeah. so what was a cane when they
1: can apparently fight in the hero phase yeah. if I remember correctly we don't need to do that much <laughs> <laughs> um so, yeah so, so you get that off and that's that can be game-changing you know it can cripple some armies um against other armies it's it's not that effective but it's just useful because people forget because it's such a unique mechanic people like oh i've got one point it gets the battleship phase you know they're like oh inspiring presence right? mm,
3: nope. you're
1: 50 you're 50 percent short you're not doing that so um that that's good uh then you do his um protection of tech list so uh, it's cast on the ten, um, only he can cast it, and within uh, if a friendly unit's wholly within eighteen of him, they get five up after save so you know you're typically playing with in my list your spears and your archers quite within the eighteen inch bubble he pops that up so there. It's hard to it's hard to see if you're casting four spells a turn that you don't do those two. Um, yep. Then it depends. So, um, but if I'm if I'm going first, then I would use the the spell portal. Um, endless spell. Yeah. Endless spell. Yeah. And then I would throw Storm of Searing White Light, which is Techless's other spell through it, which is uh, anything it's within eighteen damage. Outpoison it. Yeah, pure damage. One, nothing happens. Two to four D3 mortals. Five plus D6. So you're throwing that straight forward. You're hitting a load of their stuff. Um, other, other spells that I like using a lot with him. Um, there's an ethereal spell. Um, so that's really good. As I said earlier, if you're, if you're going to get charged, you can put it on the unit that's going to get charged. That's decent. Um, there's Lambent Light, which allows you to reroll uh, misses um, when you shoot. So he's just got a toolbox. Because he knows all the spells, you, you've kind of then got this situational deck of, okay, it's turned to, what am I doing? Or my opponent went first. You're probably not casting Portal and Storm of Searing White Light. You're casting other things. Also, I found he's got quite good movement by himself. So he's move 12 with Unwounded. There's a spell that doubles your movement. So... While the issues that the army has is mobility, turn three onwards, you often put that on himself and he's then moving around the board. Um, And at that point, he can finish units off. He's got quite a good ranged attack. So that's typically what you go for. But because he knows all of both laws um, and there are some quite good endless spells in the book. It, it, he really has got a, a huge toolbox of options, and he makes all the other wizards better. He gives pretty much everyone plus one to cast around him.
4: Mm. I think you should mention his defensive magic aura as well. Yeah, which is yeah. really good.
1: Yeah, so uh, it's a couple of other things he can do. So, um, if a spell's cast um, at him or within sixteen inches of him to begin with, on a four plus, it's ignored. And then you pick one enemy unit with an 18 and they take D3 Mortal Wounds. So it just stops people throwing arcane bolts at you because it's just not worth it. 50% of the time it does nothing and they can get the damage back. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of lot of spells don't have, that do damage don't do that much damage. So people are like, oh, is it worth doing that? Obviously, it doesn't do anything to buff spells spells that buff, you know, your opponent's units themselves. But yeah, it's really good. Um, he can also turn off um, one endless spell. He just does it. Um, and he can, <laughs> automatically unbind. he can automatically unbind one enemy spell as well as being able to do, I think he's got unlimited unbinds. So, so how do you go
0: about shutting all this down? I was, well, that's the wrong thing to say, really, because... You, you're not going to shut all this down. So how do you go about managing the damage he's going to do to your army or he's going to make his friendly units do to your army when you're facing against techless? Um Rick, do you want to take that one?
3: Yeah, I think... Um, well, I suppose as much as he's doing all those different things, it, there is always that first thing he should remember. It's, it is one model. Um, sometimes actually let him do what he's doing let him protect himself but maybe look at what the rest of the army's doing and deal with that start with i think we've already said he's he is not super super survivable um so if you can get him to into a position where you can hit him if you've got anything that's quite hitty powerful especially something if it can fly over the top you can get to him. There's not This This army won't have lots and lots of bodies. It will be difficult to fully surround him and protect him like that, like you see with uh, Nagash with skeletons. That, that's not the scenario you're going to get with this army. Um, but there's no two ways about it. Even someone as powerful of magic as Nagash won't necessarily want to or will try to go toe-to-toe with him as stopping him with his magic. So I think sometimes actually it's better to accept it's going to happen and look at what you deal with instead. Um, um, I think another thing uh, quickly for, from my point of view, when we did a bit of playtesting play at the early stages, um, I mentioned we sort of played up fire slayers and a few other armies like that against them. Actually just getting into the army, we've already talked about that once you're there, it, so a lot of the units are weaker you're able to with, if there's any sort of misplay or you get, to get some good play from your half of the, the table, you can get into them. You can, they, the units aren't spread out massively because we talked about how the companies work with the the, the deployment and positioning of the units. So you're able to, if you can, dictate that. They, they're not just going to string things out and block areas of space. They have to use the units individually in their little clumped patterns. I think it's, yeah, good play can get you through the units and then into him.
4: Um, One thing I would say is there's no real healing in the Realm Lords list unless you take the Life Swarm and the spell. So any damage you do do to him is going to stay on him. So if you can chip away wounds here and there, you do bring him down in terms of his movement and his aura um, for his uh, anti-magic and that kind of thing. So if you've got the odd attack at range that can do one wound two wounds a mortal wound here or there do it because it will last the whole battle
0: Yep, sure i get that i get that um what about so that bodies on the table in lists with techless in the list now how, how does he stack up against other units because you guys have all said you're going to take him every time and then I'm sat here thinking, so I can, for 700 points, I can get five units of the Sentinels. So that's not, it's not only is it uh, 50 shots, well, not 50, because it's nine per unit, it's a lot of shots, a lot of mortal wounds. It's five wizards as well on the table. And it is that a, a trade off that is, you're going to lose a lot by not having Teclis on there? Or, you know, if you go with the Dawn Riders, you, you know, you have five units of them. Um, you're going to gain a lot by not having this big model on the table, aren't you? Or is it not enough? Is it not enough just to have the extra bodies, the extra damage, the extra objective grabbers?
1: So, Techless. So, one of his abilities is he adds one to casting um, and up, dispelling and unbinding rolls for all friendly luminous realm Lord units within what starts at 16. So, the spell to go from six up to five up on your mortal wounds is on a five so now it's on a four um he's making everything better the other thing that we didn't talk about is in terms of army construction you pretty much if you're going down the venari route so cavalry spears archers you for each unit of spears you can take one unit of archers or one unit of cavalry yeah, so you've
0: got to have Spears and so you've got to match them.
1: When yeah, and if one, you're taking another. Spears, it makes sense to have Teklis because he yeah. helps them out. So I've tried lists without Teklis. You you end up putting one or two more units in and a couple of smaller heroes if you go that route. Obviously, you can do the um, Alithar list, which is the mountains uh, and the the guard. Um, that's, that's a different list. But I think if you're playing Venari, he's so... Im- he makes the list so much better he's also just loads of fun to play with he's yeah i agree he just makes you, he makes you think because he can do so much but you've got to make sure you do the right thing and he really makes your opponent think. and when we were testing it we were also testing um the Zinch book so um you know him against lords of change is really interesting the whole
4: army versus Inch is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah. amount of points that you give your opponent from casting spells to
1: summon things. Yeah. And they is crazy. And they can potentially shut him down. You know, it's quite easy. They've just got to roll one five. Um, a Lord of change to to stop him. So
0: Hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of options there for shutting him down. Yeah. Right, um, we obviously we've talked a lot about the the techless realm lords um let's have a look at some of the other things in the book and one of the the real cool ones for me is altharion none of you mentioned him yet so how does he fit into the the lists and the game plans
4: i i don't think you can use him with techless because it's just too many points that's the biggest issue if you've got techless in your list and nowhere to put um you command trait yeah
0: yeah sure okay
4: it... If, if you're not running Techless, he can you can you can put him in a list, and he's really good fun. He's great. He's a solo piece. He's one of the few Realm Lords units that kind of acts independently. Yep. He can run around and do his thing. But it, it's once you've decided to take Techless, you really struggle to fit him in your list because the points just disappear.
0: Okay, assuming you wanted to play him, then how does he how does he fit in? What's how do you get the best from him?
1: I think you use him a bit like Morathi. So because the um, the list generally wants to play in a, a clump. So even if you're not taking tech lists, you still want things quite close to each other. As Paul said, you can put Altharion out on a flank by himself and he'll, he'll murder anything like. He's, he's very capable um, like that. But you're giving up a lot to get him in um, because you're it you kind of... If you take Teclis and him, it makes the core block of your army almost too small to be viable. Yeah, sure. So I think over time you'll see him used because he's a absolutely stunning miniature, um, and he he can do that. He's like a Marathi light. You can put him on a fl- put deploy him on a flank by himself and let him do his own thing. And he's not that many points. He, he's I think he's reasonably costed, but um, he just. For me, he doesn't add anything to all the other units, where a lot of the other pieces in the book do add things to other units.
3: He does have some decent survivability, doesn't he, for his, as you say, for an individual piece, which is nice. So I think Realm will struggle in the hero-based missions a bit, because they haven't got
4: much to go on to those objectives and and hold them. And he's one of the pieces in the army that can do that job.
2: Yeah, I think he really complements, like, if you're taking a spear-heavy... Um, unit non-techless heavy army. He's probably the one hero you put in for his survivability, and also because the other smaller heroes are more like utility pieces. They ones behind units away from damage. He actually doesn't mind being on the front and tagging the edge of a corner. So I think he certainly has his uses, and I think you'll see people use him just because of the love of him previously. But he is he is good. But yeah, to, to Paul's point, you won't you won't have both him and techless in the list because. You're running out of points, and you lose your artifacts, your command abilities quite quickly. So, it's one or I think, but he certainly has a place. It's just his role in the army isn't quite as reliable as Techless. Like Techless brings that reliability to all the casting and all the synergy that you need, that you know you can rely on as a player. So, I think people will go for that favour each time. But he's, as Brian said, he's one of one of the best figures I've seen. Like he's a, he's a miniature, um, and I think you'll see hobbyists paint him up. And enjoy his rules. His rule set is a lot of fun. He's got a lot going on in his rule
0: set. Mm. No, he's good. He's good. Okay, so the, there's a couple more heroes still in the book. So the, we've talked about the Cathalar already. Now this passing off the the emotional transference, passing off your battle love test, it uh, test, in, especially in combination <laughs> with the, the the Eclipse spell, double your command points. So if you're trying to ignore battle shock um it's it's pretty savage, isn't it? Does anyone want to go into the details of exactly how
4: this can work? Um, so, how about you, so I've got a big unit of 30 Wardens, which are the spear guys, and they're in the list. I kind of almost wrote my list to do this trick because I just love it so much. Um, so basically, you have, you have your big defensive unit and it sits there and goes... Well, come on then. Come and fight me. Come and kill me because you want to die. You don't want to survive. You want at least half your unit to die. As long as you're set up with the total eclipse and your opponent hasn't got enough command points or hasn't got a hero nearby, they charge in. So say, let's let's do eels because Jim's here. So let's do, let's do a deepkin reference. <laughs> you charge him
0: with kill
2: my
4: you so. charge him with your big unit of attacking eels. Well, so they charge you in and they smash this unit of thirty, and they say they kill I don't know twenty out of the thirty. The remaining 10 guys, they kill an eel. They fight back, they kill an eel. So when it gets to the battle shock phase, your Cathalara is sat behind the unit, and you roll a dice, and on a one it doesn't work. So there's still a bit of a chance it won't work automatically. But on a two-up, you take your battleshop modifier, so minus 20, and then you apply it to your opponent's unit that's taken the casualty. So the eels sitting there, the eight remaining eels out of the nine are going to be on a minus 21 battle shock test. <laughs> and so it cost me two command points to, well, save to stop it yeah if you've got a hero within range to do it as well so you have to move your hero up with them i'm just Otherwise, glad you referenced
3: your um your deepkin and not my hearthguard berserkers there <laughs> <laughs> well you just spend the command point and off you go. <laughs> two
0: so how many armies out, how many armies out there currently um rely on like just not taking any damage to win, and if you just think about that, how much dam- How many units out there go? I'm only probably going to use- lose one or two models uh, uh, a phase. Maybe the berserkers are a good example. I think Brian mentioned his chaos knights. It happened to them and
4: of other more, units more tech guards more tech guards well no they wouldn't take it because you're oh, about yeah.
2: shocking oh, yeah immunity yeah, 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 so. you, you applies, doesn't it Even though it's I think a the um,
3: the bone splitters, looking at the big amounts of bodies and then just letting them take little a little at a time and you, you see the way they string them back out a, a little bit and only take the damage in small areas all of a sudden it doesn't matter because if they've done a load of damage to you first you just chuck it back at them
0: and even, like, Paul's example of 20 is probably a bit extreme. Let's look at it of like, you've got a unit of five Dawn Riders, it's ten wounds there, and you've, you've chucked them into a combat, you've lost, like, seven or eight wounds, you know, four die, let's say, um, Then the cath- and they kill one back, so they've gone first, they've charged, they've fought first, they've done a bunch of wounds to your opponent, they've, they've almost di- all died back. Or even did it happen if the wipeout? No, you can't. No, you've got to there have at no least one model left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then even adding four to a battle shock test—it's pretty bad, isn't it? Especially if you killed a few models yourself. Maybe another three or four you've already killed. Um, it it can soon rank them numbers up. It doesn't have to be on the the really scary side of numbers. No,
4: you... and the, I mean the other thing you can do is you can I think. You unit so say you shoot a unit that's within the range and they've taken a casualty, then the unit that's in combat can bounce the bounce shock onto that unit rather than the one they're fighting.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so, so yeah,
4: you I can chip away it doesn't have to away be. a dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the other so unit was slain <laughs> during the turn. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to be the unit that's fighting, does it? No. 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 So so
4: <laughs> so you can go in and you can kill like ten of those dudes and within the range, which is I can't eighteen, is it? I think it might be eighteen. You can have a more elite unit that you want to kill. Say you had a a unit of, um, I don't know, um, evocators or something, comes in and blasts my unit of 30 and kills 10. And then there's a unit of four dracolines or something within 18 that take a a casualty. All of a sudden, you can just remove that unit of four dracolines with the casualties you take out of the the other combat.
1: Yeah, and the the other thing you can do in combination with this, so there's a spell called voice of the mountain, so it's cast on a six. If you cast it, all enemy units on the table are at minus two bravery for that turn. And the next turn they're at minus one bravery. So in your example, yeah. Ben, where you put the four Dawn riders in and you kill one model. So that's five. Minus two bravery, it's effectively a minus seven battle shock test already.
0: So, in example like the the Berserker unit, you can tag them, tag them on the corner with a unit of ten, even though they fight twice and they do the Congo with the two inch reach, unlikely to kill ten models. And then they got a massive battle shock slam coming into them, or even yep. not that you you charge. You know, you got your thirty berserkers, you shoot them and kill one. You yep. charge your um, Dawn Guard into a unit of Vulkites or something, yep. and then transfer the, the Battleshock onto the berserkers. Yep. So, it's a really um really interesting mechanic that w- will get you just do some i think it will do some crazy things there will be some combos that come out of this however it's on uh, a lovely little lady with five wounds and a five yeah. save <laughs> yeah movement six
4: and it's still on a two-up as well because you know you'll roll the one at that yeah. key moment in the game
0: yeah. 39 out of 40 die <laughs> <laughs> we're going to transfer into a big block and then a roll of one yeah that's definitely yeah. going to happen yeah um but it is also shock dependent so there's a lot of units out there that cool. just ignore that yeah um, so how many points is a cathel 140 yeah
4: 140
0: cool no seems about right for um, there's plenty of of single little characters like that with wacky abilities, so yeah, I think fits squishy, away, quite yeah, easy airport. to take off. Okay, so the, there's not actually many units in the in the faction, is there so far? So we've got um, the mountains, <coughs> the, the two mountain units, I guess the the stone garden, the the two variants of the mountain. Um, then you've got the the three kind of rank of fire plus some heroes. So do. Do you see all of these being mixed together in lists? Um, uh, Brian, do you think it's a one of everything, or do you think people will go mountain stuff or um,
1: you know, the more infantry stuff, or you think you see all of it? So the list I'm running um, is tech lists, two units of 20, wardens, two units of 10, sentinels, um, Avalonar, who's the um, hero mountain, and the portals and then either one of the two smaller mages either either the Cathalar or the stone mage because they're both useful or some dawn riders um yeah kind of flip between them or potentially um i think you can ally in eels so um or potentially three eels is quite good Uh, so for me the units i don't really touch are the guard um because i don't really fit into my my list um but yeah i think there's a good a good mix and i think it's probably worth talking about um sorry not avonar alarith the spirit That is it It is alarith isn't it yeah yeah avalon is the king and alarith is the is the
0: factory it's
1: confusing isn't it yeah it's worth talking about him because he, he's so, good. He, so in my list essentially the shiny company gives you minus one he then gives you another minus 1 on top of that to be hit so you're you're and that's not melee that's just i don't think i think it is just melee. No if you're just within 12 of them. yeah yeah so if you're within 12 of him you're at minus 1 to hit
0: and then one of the um the, and the great, shining company
1: yeah. shining so company's okay okay that's the banari rule um but he's a he, he's got a, a decent shooting attack a one shot shooting attack but if he, if, he do, if he charges, he's got, with his hammers, six attacks on threes, threes, ren, one, damage, five. He's got um, he's got uh, ether quartz, so he can reroll to hit. And if he doesn't charge, he's got seven attacks. Um, <laughs> is there a way to so, buff attacks? Uh, is, no. If, his, his command ability does, yeah, but he can't yeah, apply yeah. it to
2: himself because he's not oh, an elf. Okay.
1: Yeah. But
2: yeah, but he can give it to the spear guys in front of him, right, or next to him.
1: Uh, not the spear guys. He can give it to the guard.
2: That's right. Yeah. So the stone yeah. guard. Yeah. The guys with the hammers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he he can be a beast in combat, um, and he's got a really good. If he's near a stone mage, um, which is why I have to take them. He counts as having taking zero wounds up for his profile when he fights. So his hammers always five damage, and he's Ren three. Because he's, he's Alarith, he ignores rend one, and in the metrica he ignores Ren two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But he's this slow. Guy is gonna he's slow, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's only moving two. He is. He is. He is. You can do like, double
0: move on him, so he can move 12? Yes. 12. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yes. run charge, yeah. or no? Is he only running no. charge in the book?
1: No. But essentially, I play two blocks of spears with each one with a line of archers behind Teclis in the middle and Avalon in front between the two. So you're playing in a, in a clump. So it limits your mobility, but it's a real unpleasant place if you come into it because in combination with lightning reflexes, you charge in the spears fight and he piles in the side and smashes the living daylights out of you. <laughs> um, yeah. Every time, every time we're using that's Jack. Jack's comment is, "How many attacks has he got? How much damage does he do?" Um, yeah, he's, he's good. <laughs> the other, the other one's good as well. He's got slightly less attacks, but he's got higher rend, hasn't he? Yeah, he's rend two, so he's got four attacks that are rend two, damage five. Um, but he's the other one isn't a hero, so that's that will catch loads of people out, and they'll play it wrong.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Only the named one is a hero the unnamed one mm-hmm. it's just a, it's just a monster he's not a hero it i think when we playtested it every time loads of us were like oh give him this artifact oh no he's not a hero you can't do that it's
2: because he's got a command ability and it, it took us a while for us to go oh yeah you, you don't have to be a hero to use a command ability
1: yeah mm-hmm. i don't know if he's the only only model in the game at the moment to have a command ability and not be a hero
2: Outside of well, Bowie can not really count
4: today, so yeah, Um, he's probably the only one. Might be one of the Forge World things, maybe, but I'm not sure. Okay.
0: So um, I'm I'm thinking eight units of bows. No, you can't do that because you've got to have the two-to-one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, so six units of bow. Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking this the mountain, book. and then just all shooting. But no, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to work. That's no, a shame. No. That you insane. have
4: to have at least two units of spears in there.
0: So, yeah, six, six units of bows, two units of spears, the mountain. No,
4: you've got you to have six spears to have six bows. No, 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 that's only for battle line. So you can have as many okay. as you like, yeah. but it's yeah. a one-for-one sure. for, one for the battle line. yeah
0: Yeah, so two units of spears six units of bows the mountain and techless
4: that's your list ben
0: (laughs) that's the list maybe not we'll see okay so um while we're talking lists then um i want to talk about what you guys are leaning towards so uh, we've just talked about brian's so let's have jim next what what are you playing what's what would be, if we're going to a tournament next weekend with these, what would you be taking? And also, more well, importantly, what would you want to face and what matches would you be hoping to avoid?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I'd, I'd be taking the Alarith uh, Temple Battalion with teclas Stone Mage, Avalon Orcus is amazing, um, three units of Stone Guard in 10-10-15, and that comes in at two drops and they basically can all saves because of the battalion, they're ignoring minus two rend, I've obviously got my Aether Quartz across the army. I've got, you know, Avalon we just mentioned all his abilities, I've got is casting in there, but I am low on numbers. And once you do hurt my guys, I, they don't come back. Um, I wouldn't like to play something like a fast slayer army because, you know, if they've got pole arms or as much as I ignore minus two ren, you still fail saves, right? So you're four up safe. Um You still two damage a time you're still losing a guy for every fail. So I, that's what I'd be taking. Um, I know Les was into something very similar as well. We were discussing it for ETC um, back in the day. But um, that's why I'd be taking. I think I think he can win four to five games. I wouldn't want to play KO because they could remove Teklis early. Um, and then I'd be in a lot of trouble. Um, I wouldn't want to play a Horde army either. Something like, you know, a huge Gitz army at minus three to hit. Something that can easily outnumber me and... Um, and swarm objectives because I can't smash and clear objectives. Cause knocking back a goblin isn't gonna do anything. You know, they're gonna skitter and stutter around, jump on each other and get back into formation. So it's not gonna really do a whole lot. So those are the armies I've been looking to avoid. Probably zinch with the horrors as well. They could swarm me. They might not kill me, but they can swarm me and they can wait and dice me off, you know, with with their shooting. So that would be another issue. So those, but again, I quite happily play something like Deepkin. All their heels at minus two round charging aren't going to do anything to me. Um, and Teclis obviously can do a whole lot back and so can have Lenore. So, yeah, that's probably what i will be taking. And um, then what, what
0: would you be using teclas for on the list? What would you be...
2: So, teclas gives the five-up shrug to the stone guard, but he also gives a breakaway piece because, as Brian mentioned earlier, mobility is an issue, so... So I do this with my um, my liege and my bone I When when it gets to the mid game and you and, and units have come off objectives and you need someone to break away to a back objective, Tetris can be that guy. He can double his movement, he can get to the back of the board on his own. Even if he's only on four or five wounds, you can still double his move, he can still get uh, obviously a run as well. Um he also obviously denies magic his magic defense, isn't he? He's going to shut down the mortal wound output coming at my guys. You know, I I I, I ignore Ren too, but I don't ignore mortal wounds. So that's another thing, spell damage. Um, And and also, he's a bit like a Neo Taunt character, isn't he? He sort of put Teclas down and everyone goes after him, which allows the Stone Guard to get mid-board, get set up and and get to work. Um, A little bit like Marathi, but obviously not as as good as Marathi at at that role, but he certainly serves that and he can take a bit of heat off the rest of the army. Because, I mean, if you're looking to pick it apart, you'd go after the stone mage, the, you know, the floaty one on the rock, because she she does a whole lot for the army. She's a really important piece. And then maybe you go after Avdanor as well and ignore the stone guard, because they don't do mass damage. Um, but the army's still really good. It's got a lot of tricks. I think the pushback from the Ilarith um, will catch some people out on objectives. And if you use it well, because you ha- you're not allowed to be within an inch of any unit. So if you multiple charge you can really push unit back you know quite well so it's really useful but that's what i'd be using i think that's what i'd be taking
0: okay no it sounds good um so who who wants to go next rick do you want to go because you you're looking at the mountains aren't you
3: yeah well i think the the list i've sort of looked at is similar approach to what jim's just talked about but it just doesn't have techless in it um straight off the bat i'd be looking at one of each of the mountings um i think something we talked about is that the the actual stone guard with the hammers they don't do huge amounts of damage but there are a number of ways you can support them to do more damage obviously we've talked about the stone mage and adding the battle shock into the damage to opponents so having one, at least one slightly larger unit of, say, 15 or 20 stone guard with the support of both the mountains. You've got the command abilities we talked about earlier from the mountains adding, attacks characteristic, adding an attack to the attack's characteristic. Well, each of the mountains has a command ability of which is different but adds an attack. So actually you can stack up a number of attacks on them relatively early on. Um, they've got the pushback mechanics we talked about to help shuffle enemy units off of the objectives and areas of board that you want to remove them from. Um, And also one of the rules we haven't really talked about with the stone guard is that every uh, roll of a hit of a six adds one to the damage. So they actually do get to the damage too. Now, when you've only got two attacks each, yes, I know that's not... Your averages on sixes aren't very high, but when you're adding two more attacks to it from the two command points... The, your your chances of hitting those sixes are more. So then you're starting to look at that random one damage too is coming through. Yeah, um, so you, so
0: that, You're not going to be able to do the double stack because the unshakable faith um, calls that out as only being able to use... You, a unit cannot benefit from this command ability more than once and cannot benefit from this and the faith of the mountains command. So you can't do both on the same unit, but you can get three attacks per model... Yes, Popping yep. two damage on six is no problem.
2: And you've got your yep. Lightning Reflexes, so two units are going to go yeah. as well, um, so, yep. which makes it even more potent. A,
1: yes, terrific. definitely. I think it's it, good. Ricky, if you play with these, do you go, tend to go mallets over picks? So you go the extra damage instead of the mortal wounds.
3: Um, so one of the first lists I wrote actually had a smaller unit that had the mortal wounds in them but the slightly larger unit was focused on the, but for me, it's the damage. If you want yeah. the, the big ren, the big damage or the mortal wounds, you get it elsewhere. I think the, the unit does what it does, but I think that having that damage in multiple amounts of attacks is where it's at for me. Well,
2: yeah. So I saw the models. I was like, picks or mallets, picks or mallets? And then I saw the models.
3: <laughs> I was like, mallets, mallets. Yeah. mallets only. <laughs> yeah, but for me, it's, the the it's, it's so a nice, cool. it's just a nice, like it's a, it's a nice core of the list. And then, you haven't got the points, to think, that you that we discussed that Teclis takes there. So you can... With us, I've only mentioned the fact that we've got the Stone Mage and um, Avalon or in there so far, but you can add a Cathalar, You can add any any of the heroes, can't you, really? Altharion, if you want If you want that piece of sand on the outside, he doesn't need the support of the rest of it. And then you can still get some of the Dawn Riders in or wherever you want your battle line to go. Look at that! It, it, I just liked that you've got this core that isn't the full list, and you've got the flexibility because you haven't included Teclis in it. And for me, that's what I liked because it allowed you to vary it up a little bit without rewriting the list if you remove someone like Teclis. Plus,
2: no. well, the spirit hits like a truck as well. So you could yeah. have him and the Named King on bookending a unit, just absolutely pounding them into craters. You know, um, they do a lot of damage. I think more than people realise. Like you, you heard Jack's reaction earlier, but. They do a lot of damage Yeah, if you, don't, yeah.
4: If you don't get to them. And,
2: and I think they, they're even protected as well. if you do, with, well. the,
4: with the Stone Mage sitting there, they're on the top profile fighting, so that just, yeah, they're always yeah. kicking you, out that You've got to get
2: to him first. Yeah. Stone Mage is like the key piece. You can get rid of that. It, it, it takes a lot, a bit of from the way, but Although everyone, the the model was quite marmite, wasn't it? Some people thought they didn't like it. Some people did. I think it's
4: quite cool on the rock. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So,
0: um, what about the multiples of the the spirit of the mountain with the because we've got the shooting attack, thirty inch range, d6 damage, threes to hit, twos to wound, rend two. You get four of them on the table. Um,
4: anyway, you can like shooting.
0: You can't. Uh, you, you probably can't, can you, because of the points, I think.
2: Four behemoths, um, plus battle line, plus
4: heroes. Yeah, because you, you, no, you can have the Stoneguard as battle line, so you have three into five of those. One yeah. hero and one four and of them, the I think.
0: Because you need a character, so... Uh, you just get the cheapest one, don't you?
2: Yeah. yeah. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah,
0: you can do it, though.
2: You can do it.
3: So, But we've uh, already talked about the, the fact that the book in general is light. I think if you're going to that light, yeah, it's, it's cool. I'm not sure you'd be looking at it on that, <laughs> the competitive edge.
2: <laughs> great hobby, aren't we? I can imagine yeah. ordering doing it on one of his amazing display boards with all these yeah. mountains moving. But I, you, yeah. would, you would struggle to score objectives with 15 lads.
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah,
2: that, you do know, so.
4: might have a tough time
0: hmm okay then paul light on us what are you what are you playing what's your so I'm,
4: I'm i've gone down the techless route so i've got techless but i've got one of each of the castle and the stone mage um then i've got a big block of 30 wardens and a block of 10 five of each of the dawn riders and 10 of each of the sentinels and then i've got i've got 50 points left over so i've gone for one of the endless spell the sanctum endless spell um but it could mm. be any endless spell in there for for, for, for that. I, I quite like the look of the sanctum for the for the benefit it could give a unit. So I don't think it fits around Teclis. So otherwise, it would be really good. Endless um, spells are good, aren't
2: they, though? Like, I've been thinking yeah. about the bridge from, from the Stoneguard army. You know, you put them um, all around the bridge, bridge yeah. the army because Teclis can do it, and then all of a sudden you're mid and your mobility is counted. Yeah. Yeah. So
4: I got that 50 points of flexibility. It, it, what it is basically is A, I want to do the Catalar trick, so the 30 wardens really help for that um i like the dawn riders as models and i actually think you need the mobility in the army so that's why i've got two units of five and they're really good at clearing the chaff units out their their attacks mechanics really clever for getting rid of those one wound screen units um i don't think we've touched on it basically they get plus two, so it's a bit like um the Deepkin uh, thralls they get more attacks against one wound models they get plus two attacks each against the one wound models
0: Plus one attack so they, against
4: one or two wounds. Yeah, so against two wound models, they're plus one attack. So they oh, storm Stormcast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so so they're really... I mean, you go into, I don't know, your, your Skaven chaff screen or your your one wound skeletons or whatever you think you've got there, um, your Chain Rasp, something like that, and they really five of those kick out so many attacks. <laughs> it gives
2: um, you a weight of dice against something like a Mortet Guard block,
4: doesn't yep. it? Yeah, okay. it does, yeah. Especially as they do mortal Wounds, so they're really quite good for that, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so <laughs> they've got the yeah.
0: wizard, so they can pop the power, high, or he or whatever you call yeah. it. So it's and five plus. So they're running in enough. with four attacks a Muddle from the Guardian Swords. Threes to hit, fours to wound, Rend 1. So it's four, what's that? Twenty attacks? So Twenty attacks from five to Four or five mortal Wounds, plus a bunch of Rend 1 wounds yeah. as well. And then the Dashing Hooves also... Chuck a cheeky wound okay. in with a four plus four plus two attacks a model um it's quite a lot isn't it it's just
4: it's just a it's bunch of dice. dice yeah volume of dice and you can do speed of hish on them so they double their movements so that makes them movement <clears> twenty eight so they can get around the board and grab those objectives that you need to grab that people don't see you getting near um and I'm also playing in the nation of so I haven't really mentioned many of the nations but Zaprek, which is the one that gives me the extra spell on all my Champions. so they've all got two of the spells of the law so i've got great choice of spells in the right place at the right time um and they're all going to be plus one or plus two to cast if they're in attack so they're going to get off their uh, power of heish the the five up mortal wound spell on threes so it's mm. pretty reliable they're going to be doing the fives most of the time and on that many attacks 20 was it 20 attacks to we say on five ups for mortal wounds that
0: yeah so it's cast on six up. so it'll go down to fours fours so yeah. down to fours and 20 attacks uh, so we've got a choice of swords or lances on these as no. well now you no, just go no, for swords no, every no, time no the
4: champion the the, the the champion gets the sword and everybody else has a lance
0: ah got you i, see I think
4: or is it the other way round? yeah
0: yeah no, they've that, all got lances the champion yeah. can choose a sword so he gets plus yeah. one attack okay got you yeah all right, so that's cool. So they're running in with uh, one to three attacks a model, threes to hit, fives potentially pop to immortal, fours to wound, but it's threes to wound on the charge, no charge.
4: end. Yeah, okay. but, yeah, but red do, one on the charge. Can they aid the quartz to re roll hits? Uh, no, We're plus one to hit, I think it is. Uh, plus, plus, plus one, isn't it? Yeah, but if you've got a hero, anybody, not, obviously, you could do re roll ones, so they'd be hitting yeah. twos, re rolling ones, so in effect, the same thing. Because the KO with the triumphs, isn't it? That's the one. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Mm, They're a nice unit, that, I think. Yeah, that's what I I quite like them. For the points that you pay, I think, well, they're 130. Yeah. A 28
2: inch move is no joke. Yeah. (laughs) When you see someone move 20 inches, you go, wait, what?
4: (laughs) And and often often that 28 inch move is to get you on a back objective that's probably got a smallish unit to protect it, something that they've left behind, and they can move that unit. It's not a run, so they can charge after it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So would you do a unit of ten of them? Two hundred and sixty points. I have points, considered it. Two inch reach with the lancers, so they, you know, they're going in against the infantry unit. They're going in with three attacks a model on the lance, so that's thirty attacks, popping on fives for ten mortal wounds. Um, do the
4: but but two fives attack at the same time, so it doesn't matter.
0: They don't move twenty eight inches.
4: Oh no, that's
3: true.
2: Only one would. <laughs> yeah, the that's spell true. only yeah. goes on the one unit, doesn't Yeah, so that's, what, yeah uh, that's true. Yeah. The ten, the ten is, is
0: is quite, it's quite good. I isn't like it? that. Yeah. So just think it's of the damage good. it'll put out. If that runs over and does ten mortal wounds, when do you do your spell? So you do the spell in the hero phase as yeah. well, so you know yeah. before you move them. So you got two yeah. units to ten. You go cast, cast. Oh, okay. One of them are cast. One of them got off. So then we'll put the double move on them. So you pretty much know that you're getting the five. But your if,
4: if you're running Teclis, you can just auto-cast one of those anyway, the, yeah. the, spe- the speed, so you know that's going. You cast it on a 10-art, you basically, every well? time. Yeah, Teclis has all the spells. So he doesn't uh, have okay. the, the, the weapon spell. He, but he knows the the, the movement spell, yeah. Yeah,
0: so they cast their own power Parahish, power Then once that's cast, you can decide if you want to slingshot him. Yeah. 28 inches. Yeah. 10 of them running with 10 more to wounds, plus... What, threes to hit? Another. Are they in addition as well, or are they instead? Yeah,
4: uh, no, instead. instead. Instead, okay.
0: Yeah, so... But they're, they're
4: Rend 1 on the charge, so it, it gives them a little more punch as well. Rend
0: 1 and threes to wound as well. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a, a, an incredibly hard-hitting unit for not maybe not ultimate out-and-out power, but like precision. 28 inches, charge, 10 mortar wounds, plus a bunch of other wounds... Um, not a lot of stance to that. And then 10 bodies on an objective. Yeah, no, plus, that, that... plus maybe a, a Cathalar if you can. <laughs>
4: if you can get it nearby, yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes uh, we keep, talk about it's keeping some
3: of the, um, up, some of the, the heroes, yeah. some of those supporting heroes that sit on the flanks. But like Jim said earlier with his Bone Reapers, you can push these types of heroes out with seven or eight wounds. Actually, that unit can go and catch them and get rid of them as well.
2: Yeah, that would be extremely frustrating if they just went and nuked my would not it? I'd be like, oh, that's not supposed to
4: happen.
3: them. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, one thing, thing imagine, I would like... say is
4: is that the, the the army doesn't have any teleports, so you can't get guys to support the teleports and things like that. They are restricted to where they can move.
0: And fly as well. There's only Techlist that flies, isn't there? Yeah. Is one of the characters? yeah. The, yeah. Um, it's only him. Uh, yeah. Uh, just,
4: yeah. Oh, just... the Stone Mage might because he's on a rock, floating yeah, on a rock. I don't know rock. if he does. <laughs>
0: So either way, there's not, <laughs> there's not much fly. There's not much teleport. There's, we've got a list of no, all well, The right? stone
2: mage can't fly. There's no,
0: there's no there's no fighting out of sequence. Only your, no, no, your no lightning reaction. There's no always strike no. first. There's no fighting in the hero phase or moving in the hero phase. There's no teleporting. There's no massive combat punch. There's, so no, there's no
4: summoning. So you know, you're not getting in. extra bodies. Yeah, there's, there's
0: yeah. you know hordes. It, there's a lot of stuff it's not got. Um, there's a lot of stuff it does have. Um, and that will be that will be powerful. But there's also a lot of opportunities for taking advantage of weaknesses.
3: Yeah, so I'm you're...
0: looking at this dawn rider lance now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two <to laughs> you've three three off, units. You've of... gone
4: off the sentinels, <laughs> have you, Ben? No, the no have
0: thinking, been. Bit. I'm thinking. <laughs> in heckless, three units of ten. <laughs> Why is it? Yeah, that, that's the one. Just turn after turn. Right, this turn, you're going over there. Now, next, no. you're oof, going.
4: Oof. <laughs> You've got to remember though, if they fight anything that's got more than two wounds, they are much less powerful. Oh, so if awful. you come up against those, you come up against <laughs> the You're on. You're on one attack each, Ben.
0: No, forget it.
1: In a good story with facts. Back
0: to the bows. <laughs>
1: Um, I, think, I think the other thing is, so the endless spells. I mean, I'm a big fan of Rune of Petrification. It's, if you can get this off, especially with the shackles in combination, it is absolutely hideous, especially on characters. You just melt them. Yeah, so the way
0: this one works
1: is it hits twice
0: in each movement phase. So at the start of the movement phase, you roll a 4 plus for all units within 6 inches. Um, on a four plus to take a d3 and then you do it again at the end of the movement phase so in um the lumineph player's turn he casts it in his hero phase the enemy is going to take it twice in the, the following movement phase if you get a double turn um you either doing it you're doing it again so you're hitting them four times when you get a double turn um if you're not getting a double turn your opponent's still going to get hit at the start of the movement phase so they're still getting hit at a minimum of three times um it's not um, not predatory, neither, is it? So it just sits there. So you've got yeah, to move away from it. So you took it on an objective where you know they're going to be staying. Um, they've got to just sit and take it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't affect you. doesn't affect you, yeah. It takes one from their run and charge rolls. Nice. Yeah, and then if you put... Which is, is good, really good. Yeah. you put shackles on them as well...
0: Let's stop them moving. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> You're staying there, have some of that. It's quite expensive, Um but I, I am a big fan of it It's um, because it's, it's almost like the Vortex, the Warp Lightning Vortex, but, but kind of different. Um, it's, it, it's kind of more destructive, but in a smaller area. Um, but it's quite a big model, you know, and within six inches of it, that's probably, uh, I don't know, it's like a 14-inch circle that it's affecting. Yeah, it's quite good.
2: Um, I always like things that affect your opponent's positioning. You know their movement. It, it has it keeps them out of that bubble, doesn't it? They don't really want to go in unless they have to.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's cast wholly within eighteen, so you're not affecting your opponent first turn. And, and it's easy
2: for Tetlas to cast right, but it's cast on an eight. So to dispel this bad boy, you've got to hit that nine.
3: That's rough.
2: You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just to get so you people aren't even going to attempt it
3: yeah most most common casters won't oh, it's a, a lot of points and though
4: it's a lot of points but remember techless can move it around as well because he's got his auto dispel of a, an endless spell if you cast it in one area of the battlefield at the start and you need to move it somewhere else he can just do that without having to worry about it mm.
1: it's a good one to cast just in front of yourself so you know you cast it sort of five inches away from yourself somebody comes in that like, you're going to be in combat with you for a couple of turns and it's just sitting behind them grinding it Is especially it... if you've got
2: a catheter as well don't you yeah
1: yeah because <laughs> then that unit in the back actually took it
2: it did lose somebody and now they have to take battle shots it's too yeah. cp to save or yeah. you'll be able to do your catheter ability you know it's a yeah. little bit of extra just in case you do get wiped out by the charge yeah.
0: So this Cathalor ability, I'm just... My cogs are worrying. Is there <laughs> any way you can use some naughty, endless spell tactics to then yeah. teleport wounds across could, the battlefield to someone else? Yeah, no, you could, you
4: could move him with the bridge, couldn't
2: you? Yeah, of course, yeah. He he could be bridged.
0: So, yeah, it, a, a friendly... Pick one friendly Luminef Realm Lords unit within 18 of this model and roll a dice. On a 2+, plus, don't take a battle shot. So you could go right. My turn one. My opponent's got no command points left yet. Um, I will cast um, Pendulum through the unit, kill two or three models, and then we will, you know, put Cathalar on to, to teleport them onto someone else who we've shot. Again, your your five Chaos Knights or whatever. You you've, you shoot one dead. You've used your own lens of spells to do some damage to your friendly units, and then you transfer in them wounds. It's, it's just nasty, naughty, isn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's also in testing it's really good for screens like you could put 10 guys down and you wouldn't want to kill five or six of them with a mortal wound or you know to get your pile in your so to to get extra space because they would then be able to take battle shock and the catalogue could then use that against you so you actually think oh, actually i do need to wipe that out because otherwise the catalogue could affect me because you are usually your command points to you use your abilities and mm-hmm. later in the game when you've only got like 10 lads left you can send you know touch the edge of a unit lose four or five and go right Catholask in a battle shot that unit over there, which is on the objective, and all of a sudden you've lost the objective because of the numbers. It's,
0: it's, it's cool. So it's also the mind games that everyone knows wins Warhammer. Of I'm going to put this guy here behind this screen. So if you kill my screen, I can put the more t- put the battle shot wounds on you and your opponents. Going right, and then you measure. Aggressively measure your bubble of how far. <laughs> so, if you come into this area, I could battle shock you. <laughs> then you roll the one, yeah, of course. Yeah, then you roll a one.
2: Everyone goes, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That would definitely happen, especially when you set it all up and you lose your 29 wardens or whatever it is you've lost. Paul, <laughs> yeah,
2: or they just shoot your cacalar off with no, magic and then, they're like, oh, yeah. attack. And, then, and then they go, Right, that's it. You know, gates and Raffi
0: dead. Literally stand it touching Techless, and say, there's five extra wounds for Techless. You're going to have to shoot these first. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. So um, I think we've covered most of the stuff I wanted to talk about. So we've got our, our initial thoughts on the book, um, play styles and list building. We've got some details in there as well. So one of the things that I wanted to cover that we, we sort of talked about a bit earlier um, was the, the meta. How does this fit in with what's out there already? How does it fit in with the things that are winning at the moment? Um, will it shake things up? What What's going to really soundly beat a Realm Lords army? Um, and what will the Realm Lords come out and just you know put in the place? Uh, um, who wants to take this one?
4: Uh, uh, so I, I would say KO, if you're running a tech list list, you do not want to see a KO army against you. You really don't, especially if it's one that's a, a one-drop or a two-drop. You are in proper trouble because um, you're going to lose Techless turn one pretty much 99 games out of 100.
0: So if you table-edge Techless and put your screen on the 12-inch line, is it still getting shot off?
4: Is yeah, it... Z- Z- Zifflin list, easy. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, Zinch, I think, issues, because you're giving them so many summoning points with all your spells. Um and yeah, they can the would like to see spells. Yeah. 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 I think they're 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 the two for for the techless build. And then I think uh, against the Eumetrica, you know, your your mountains and stuff, I think daughters probably deal with them quite well just on volume of attacks. Because they haven't got any rend anyway. And they just chuck loads of attacks at you.
2: all those really obnoxious is it pole axes from their yeah.
4: berserkers with the mortal
2: yeah. wounds on six two mortals yeah. on sixes? Awful. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So does, give over. does Deepkin not give them, <laughs> give them a real run with just the mobility, the speed, the, yeah. the hard-hitting impact?
2: They do. They do, but it's it's if you can get to Techless. Yeah. But I didn't in testing. I had a game where I wiped them out in a turn because um, I can get to Techless. Um, but then I've had games where you can't get to him with different builds, um, yeah. and then the magic all of a sudden becomes a real thing because you, you've got no magic defence. Sure. So they just start than your eels. Yeah,
4: there's a lot of mortal um, wounds. Yeah, mm. and
2: something like we talked about as well with the, with the rune, if the rune went down, you've got no way to stop that. And that's just going to keep hitting your eels. You know, there's not a lot you can do. But if you can get to Teklas, obviously, you, you can destroy them.
0: Okay. And what about OBR? Think, How do they fit in with all of this? Teclas
2: doesn't want to see any crawlers. I'll tell you that right now.
0: Why is that? <laughs> just because of the amount of damage they do, normal shooting at him.
2: Yeah, you just got played the 4 game, haven't you? And then the yeah. fire block. But he, he, when he we like Paul says earlier, he doesn't heal. So even if like two caller wounds... If you did 10 wounds off in turn 1, it is a big deal.
4: Yeah, you just chip away. So they
2: can shoot in turn 1, can't they? They're one of the few armies yeah. that can actually get to in turn 1 with
3: yeah. with little effort. Mm, okay. For me, I think um, the War Clans book, um, I certainly think the Bone Splitters offer some potential issues. Um, a number of the armies you can get low drops and we've already talked about the weakness of Techless before you get your turn um, they've got ranged attacks they've got mass bodies and they've got speed I think they're already seeing the warlands book relatively competitive at the moment more heavily on the Iron Jaw side and, and the mix for the Big Wah but I think the Bone Splitters itself is actually something that's relatively untapped I think since the book's come out because the other stuff's been seen but that's got a bit of everything but what it does have is the speed and the fly to actually reach mm, Okay,
1: yeah,
0: that's, that's that, interesting
1: that's why I have Lenore in the list near the Shining Company Spears because the minus, minus one on him and minus two on them means you're fairly resilient to a, a melee alpha because yeah. it's really it's really hard it, it just negates so much damage especially if you've got Teclis' protection up and then you you need to, basically, it almost is a bit like a really old um, undead army. You want to suck people in because they think that they look fragile. You know, it looks like an elf with a spear. People think, oh, that's just going to fall over. With all the things you can stack up on it, you can actually be really tough. People come in, get stuck, and you just smash them off. The issue, though, is the mobility. If you, to play that, you have to play quite tight. You don't have a lot of spare points. You haven't got, for example, old eagles. You know, you would have had, in high elf days, you would have a couple of eagles in that list and they would have flown off and grabbed your objectives because you haven't got something like that. That's what I think the challenge is going to be, is actually the movement of it. If you want to play that really cool bubble, you don't have a lot left to go and grab objectives. So, you are you're almost trying to suck your opponent into you wipe them out and then win the game in turns three, four and five because you're probably not going to score that much in turns one and two.
0: I do. It does mm. feel a bit like um, if someone just comes and sits on you and bogs you down in your, in your half of the table, you can really struggle to come back from that. Yeah. yeah. Gitz, I mostly Gitz, think Skaven. Is a good
4: call, I think. Hmm.
3: A lot, a Skaven have been quieter, haven't
4: they? Skaven, you think, would do it?
3: Well, I think Skaven have got the bodies you talked about to hold you up for a turn or two, and they're surplus to requirements, the clan rats and the units like that. You've got the gutter runners with a free move, um, but also the Scryer side of the, the Skaven book. I think you can get... Storm armies, yeah. Storm, storm Fiends, Fiends, yeah. remo-
4: <laughs> We'll remove Teclis. They're
3: going to see
0: Teclis. the range, though, isn't it? Stormfeeds. You
4: you've got gnar holes, haven't you? you yeah. can got yeah. holes, bridge. You're going to be mid board
3: yeah
4: and yeah. even like you don't see them that much but warp fire throwers any of that is going yep. to remove the, the the wardens and the scribe battalion
3: ben yeah. that you've got in a box somewhere at home pull that back out <laughs> <For style. laughs> yep. yeah yeah might be right yeah it's that mixed book with that can do everything it certainly will offer it some interesting challenges
0: so my my next list is actually a shooting list we, i'm i'm inspired by playing against um byron at what uh, f- it wasn't face Hammer, was it it was eggs so he had a really nice tempest eye list with a load of shooting he had a bridge and a big unit of iron drakes is it um yeah. didn't, didn't like that aspect of it didn't like the, the all your eggs on your bridge and with a load of guns so take that 400 odd points 500 points and just put more msu shooting in um so that's my next list, so hopefully it'll it'll be able to hold up against the the magic barrage I'll get and uh, put some shooting back
2: What happened to your shoot cast list?
0: I just don't think it does anything after it comes <laughs> down. I think it's a one turn wonder and that's the one um, <laughs> so i've I've kind of tweaked it to a temper stylist so using um javelin uh, prosecutors still so yeah. Getting some of them back out and a bit of everything, really. Um, no, uh, no Luminef in there, though. We would be quite nice to have some of them sentinels in the city's list, <laughs> but not alas, not not to be. But I do like the idea of these guys. Um, there's some photos, some artwork that's been put up, and it just looks like a an old dark elf army with the purples and golds and silvers and things. And you know, it's got some of them emotions flowing for me. Um, so maybe maybe it might be in the future. I might pick these up. We'll see. So I think that about wraps things up. Um, I I think we've covered pretty much everything we wanted to cover. Is there anything else you guys think we might have missed?
2: Um, it's yeah, it's quite a good rundown. Detail, isn't it? But yeah, I'm really looking forward to reading the law in the book as well. You know, the artwork. Okay. Because we, we don't, we don't get to see it, do we? So I'm really looking forward to that because the book looks amazing from what the community showed.
0: Yeah, it does, and this is why we haven't really covered it on this episode because we we we're getting that at the same time as everyone else. You know, we don't. Um, it's really interesting from a playtesting point of view. It's like we we get a PDF and like often the first question is like. What do the models look like? What do they what do they feel like on the table? How big are the bases and the mod? You know, because that makes a big difference, doesn't it? In just like yeah. base size,
4: base size yeah. Is massive.
0: Yeah. So um, you look at the rules and you think how the you know they might play, and then when you see the model as well, it's like, oh right, okay, really interested. Um, so let's uh, let's wrap things up. But before we do, we've, I did put a shout out on Twitter. Um, just to see if uh, people have got any questions for us while we're getting all on. I didn't actually do one for the, the Ser- Seraphon review because I didn't know, you know, announcing we're going to be doing a review before the book was even out and um, I didn't know how it'd go. So we'll, we'll just have a rundown and see if there's anything on Twitter we've not covered. Um, the first one, Dave Frazier's asked, um, do you think um, there's, they've got the mechanics like the two-inch movement um, the formation adds to the enjoyment of the game, or is it just another like another time factor, like having the models two models touching? I think he means. So the what's it called the shining shining,
4: shining company. company? Yeah. yeah. How,
0: how do you think that impacts the game? Like once it's on the table and playing, no big deal. Does it make it faster? Did, sort didn't, of it?
4: didn't slow it down for for uh, for me when I was playing it.
1: I, I think it adds to the theme. It makes you play in a phalanx, which is how they're meant to play. Yeah, it's cool. I like I like that.
0: Um, There's a question here from Karadim. Um, How does this handle, and we've talked about this a bit, and it it is a a weakness of the list, I think. How do you handle something that's really fast, teleporty, shooty? Do you just die, or do you have some defence against things like the Salamanders just popping up and having free reign with the shooting, the Flamers doing the similar, you haven't got real good screens, you can't um, stay off the board and come back on later. How do you deal with that sort of thing?
1: you have to build to go first if that's if that's the meta you have to build to go first
0: you've got the minuses I, as well haven't you yeah.
1: you have got you have got minuses but I, I think building to go first to get up your defensive buffs on tech lists and on the army makes a big difference
4: i, I think things like salamanders have got quite a short range so they're not so much of an issue because you can use one of your units to in effect push them back from your the stuff you don't want them to hit, it's the longer range things um, like the KO maybe where you've got more issues. Okay.
2: Well, the KO can just pounce, can't they? Because yeah. they have to fly high, they just wait, wait. They don't have that... to do it.
4: <laughs> turn one. No. They're like, are you going to move mid board yeah. or not? Like, what's going
2: on? Yeah. Okay.
4: I, I think there is very specific case, aren't they? And they're they're quite a strong counter for for the realmwoods or well, the techless build at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, War chief Baz and you've all got to answer this, and you, none of you can choose tech Um It says, what's your favourite unit in the book? So, Brian?
1: Sentinels. Uh, Jim? Happened <laughs> at
4: Chippy? Uh, Stangrad. Paul? I've already said the Dawn Riders. Dawn Riders.
0: You know what? I think that unit of 10 Dawn Riders in a list of Techless. I think that will be really fun to use. Um, so many options there. So, yeah, I like that one. Um, Luke Morton says, what's your top three tomes at the moment in power level and where do you think this book stands at the moment? Is it going to be in the top three, basically? Um, so just a quick go around it, it. Top three, yes or no?
3: No. No? Mm. Um, for me, I'm going to say no as well, but it's not because it's not got the capabilities. It's just not got something that's auto-pull out. Um, it's one of those books that will be a top three with a good player's hands who've played with it quite a bit. You need to invest your time with it, and it's often the case with Elven Armies anyway.
0: I like the fact that you said it hasn't got anything that's auto. Literally, they've got the only thing that is auto. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. Literally, (laughs) auto-casts. But, yeah, cool. Okay, so Jim and Brian, no? Yes, no? Top three?
2: Uh, I'm similar to Ricky, really, in that Ike... It's not a top three tome, I don't think, in terms of power level. Because I think Luke, obviously, Luke, Luke's a match play-focused player, um, as much as he has a very narrative-themed-looking army. Um, but it's like, I think, so I assume he's talking about match play, but I don't, I don't think it'll be, it'll be top three. I think it'll be, like Ricky like said, if someone's really good with the army and really and they play smart, like an elf, if you will, they'll have success. Um, I don't think it's just a put-down and run into the army and win sort of style. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I think it can get you know, top three win tournaments, but you've got to have played a lot with it and you've got to understand it. So you've
3: I got to really
2: know how you're going to play those scenarios, yeah. don't you?
3: Yeah.
1: You've got to
2: have played focal points before against doors, you know, and, and know how you can play that.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so there's a few other ones in here. Um... So, someone's mentioned something about the gods. So, we've got quite a few gods in Age of Sigmar now, haven't we? Where do you think Tyrion stacks up in, in relation, in coolness, in power? You know, we've got we've got Nagash. Teclas. Yeah, Teclas. <laughs> <sorry, laughs> that's the one. I'm reading Twitter it's at the like same time, as, time. Yeah, I'm reading Twitter at the same time as talking. <laughs> where does Tecla I'm saying it again, where does Teclas stack up in terms of like Ilariel, Marathi, the Elven Ones in particular? Um, what about a mixed um, order list with them all it's, in?
4: Uh, mm. it's, they all do different things. I don't know if you can cross compare them like that.
1: But I'd say yes.
0: we're going to. Yeah, I'd
1: say he's <laughs> similar but different to Marathi and better than Alarion. Oh, mm. I'd say
3: he's, oh, he's number two to Gotrek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I see.
1: laughs>
3: yeah, I get that.
4: I'd, I think below Nagash and Archaon... Above Alariel.
0: Mm. Mm, okay. Mm, is it's just too easy best. to kill. He's
4: just just too easy to kill.
0: You think? Yeah, yeah, is that the issue? Yeah. So you're saying this, but it you get a four up save, you can be ethereal, you can have a five plus ignore, and you can also get minuses to hit. There's not many things that are going to be more defensive than that. No. Yeah. <sighs>
4: If you've had your turn. If you go first, and that's massive.
0: Okay. So there's a chance that you just die, basically.
4: Most of the things that can alpha strike and kill him are stuff that are in one-drop or two-drop lists.
0: So do you think this this book will lean... Jim, you (laughs) talked about your list was a two-drop. Do you think that's... Yeah, again, that's
4: for
2: match play purposes. Because, you know, KO, shooting techless is a problem. They're usually around two or three-drop if they take the battalion. Um... You know, drops matter because I, ha- I really have to go first.
0: Okay. okay. I,
2: I, I, well, I'd like to. Uh, it seems like a change host would go before me. Flames would still be super scary. Um, but I'd like to go first and get the buffs up because although Teclas does have debuffs, he does put a four up. Rend is a, is a thing in the game, and I think anything that comes after Teclas is going to have Rend. And he melts very fast. And he yes. has to be mid board with the army for his 18 injurer. It's not like he can just be at the back and still buff mid board. So he does have to be in and around the action.
0: Yeah, I get that. I get that. Which is a
2: trade-off. So he is going to take some damage.
0: It is interesting that he is, you know, he's got some ways of reaching out, but a lot of it's just short range, isn't it? With Techless.
2: Yeah, his, his shooting attack is great. Like, hmm. you know, um, but it's the aura that you like, you're having for. And the more
4: damage he takes, it shrinks. Yeah, that aura does go down really quick as he starts taking wounds. Mm. So that's a problem.
0: Okay, well, I think that covers everything. There's been loads of questions. Thanks to anyone who's messaged today and um, on the Facebook page and our Twitter account. Um, a lot of the questions that have come in, if I've not given you a shout-out, it's because we've probably already covered them. Well, right, then, guys, I think that wraps everything up. Um, thanks so much to to you chaps for joining me tonight. Um, if anyone wants has got any questions for the guys directly, um, you you can um, leave a comment on Twitter, on the, the thread to this episode or on the Facebook page for us, and I can pass it on, or all the guys have got Twitter accounts. Um, it's probably the place they hang out the most online, I guess. So Brian is at Uber Techie. Um, j- James is j- just James underscore Tinsdale. At James
2: underscore Tuesday.
3: Brilliant.
0: It's um, yeah. at Chippy Rick.
3: Yeah, Chippy underscore Rick.
0: And uh, at Warhammer GC for Paul. So, um, Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks to everyone out there for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you all on on the next episode, whatever the next release may be. And um, we'll get another group of playtesters in to have a chat about that. Um, and hopefully, we'll uh, it won't be too long. We've didn't really talk about lockdown in this one. And I think it's a a refreshing change because every podcast I've listened to for the last few months, all they've done all the way through is talk about lockdown. So um, in all the craziness of playtesting new books and all of that it's also the uh, the rollercoaster of COVID-19 at the same time as it all I guess so hopefully by the time the next episode comes out we'll be back at tournaments and things like that that will be good won't it so
3: mm, yeah.
0: yeah cheers Look guys yeah definitely cheers, cheers see ben. you later yeah. bye, bye.